interesting, yes. I think. Like, Admin chat. Yeah, I think they need to hear how the sausage gets made. Mm. The Seinfeld they, sausage. Yeah, they don't need to see how it gets made because that's disgusting. But hearing how it no, gets made, is to- that's tolerable. Phoebe and I are knee-deep knee in minced pork right now. That's right. And Wading guts. through it. Yeah. Google Sheets. Yeah. Recording the guts. That's actually Keeping where the, track of the guts. That's actually where the uh, the phrase "up to your nuts in guts" comes from. It's the sausage making industry, yeah, uh, where butchers would be waist deep in uh, the intestinal yeah. lining used to make sausages, and, and also fucking them, and also fucking them. Yeah, yeah crucially, um, this is what I assume butchers do. I feel like I feel like going into the butchery industry has got to be a kind of axis of perversion. Mm. Was when they started having machine fucked sausages. That was when they really went downhill. <laughs> Back in the day, the local butcher would fuck all the sausages himself. Yeah, things we've lost, the things they took from us. Yeah, exactly. Now it's all Sibian sausages. <laughs> and the green grocer would be feeling up all the veg, but not anymore. Mm. Can't do that now because no. of me too. They've <laughs> <laughs> extended it to vegetables. <laughs> That that would be funny to go up to someone in the like fruit aisle at Tesco who's like feeling the mangoes to look, see if look, they're look, right. The blokes, yeah. blokes just need to just talk to your mates, and if you're yeah. making your courgette feel uncomfortable, mm. just move back two feet, cross the road, cross exactly, the road. Yeah, it's easy. Just you know, don't don't chat up a mango if it's obviously a bit drunk. <laughs> talk to your talk to your blokes. Talk to your blokes. Why should women have to manage men? Mm. Why should courgettes have to manage yeah. men? You've got to talk to your plates, but then you've also got to check in on your chaps because, you know, a lot of them, they are going through stuff and they yeah. don't talk about it. and that's probably why they're bothering the mango in the first place. <laughs> mango botherer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great term to describe to your, uh, living in zone two. Slurs. <laughs> <laughs> you're a mango botherer, yeah, are you? Yeah, you're a mango botherer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I do... Uh... <laughs> I do like to bother a mango of a morning. I like to bother a mango. Well, mangoes are mm. ripe for bothering. They they, they shouldn't be so juicy if they don't want to get bothered. Yeah. Well, there's nothing worse than an unripe mango though. That like when you when you're excited for a mango and then you get that kind of like rock hard. Oh, what the salad mango tendency? The salad mango. Yeah, salad mango. Well, I don't know if it's like a different type of mango. This is like mm. I'm doing great great dishonor to my relatives and ancestors by not knowing about the different types of mango. It's going to be like to the noble mango. And to the noble mango as well. The mango is is noble. Well, of course, yeah, the the Indian mango is an entirely different kettle of fish. Oh, well, the Indian mango is a whole different situation. But there's a kind of green mango that you can get that's called a salad mango. And it's it's got a kind of celeriac or kind of kohlrabi-like texture. You don't want that. No. Mm. Don't care for it. And you're supposed to put it in salad. But yeah, like expecting a kind of a ripe orange mango and then it's just like you can't get into it. Mm. It like puts up too much of a fight. Yeah. I was served raw kohlrabi in a salad once and I was like, sorry, am I supposed to be enjoying this? I like kohlrabi. I think it's nice. Really? I just, yeah, it's I... got a nice kind of peppery kind of potatoey texture to it. Pota- peppery taste and potatoey texture, which I think is good. Yeah, I, don't, I just found it to be something of an ordeal. The hard um, mango is a mango that's taken self-defense classes. <laughs> what the Jason Statham of the yeah, mango? Yeah, it's not. He does like, look a bit it, like a mango. He does look like a mango. If he was a fruit, yeah. he would be a mango. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he was a fruit. Mango Unchained, starring Jason Statham. Mango Unchained, very good. There we go. There's very the. There's the bit. Good. There we are. 
<laughs> Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Masters of Our Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld and also about the Mango Unchained series of films starring Jason Statham. I'm Milo Edwards, uh, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, also has a cold, um, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Um, this week we don't have a guest. No. Our guest, well we did have a guest, but he's sick. Yeah, everyone's sick. Everyone's sick around me. And the more sick, sick and tired. the more sick that you get, the more powerful I become. Because Hussein's been sick as well. How interesting. For like three weeks. I think you're like sucking the life force from all of your podcast co-hosts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that and You've I'm doing, doing it deliberately. Spells, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel better about it now. I've At least got, it's going I've, somewhere. I've got your life force in a little clay pot. It's in oh, my a house. A clay pot like it's yeah. Georgian wine. Sorry? Georgian wine? Yeah, they make it. Instead of in barrels, they make it in clay pots. Oh, do they? Gives it a very kind of dark, tangy sort of uh, vibe. Dark and tangy? Yeah, their red wine is like almost black and their white wine is like basically orange. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Sounds quite nice. Yeah, it's it's, it's different. It's, yeah. No, I mean more like a kind of of clay pot of souls. Oh, okay. Such as a sea witch Mm. or similar might have. Right, okay. Is that right? The sea witches, they're into that clay mm-hmm. pot. Yeah. I just feel like a sea witch would be, would a clay pot really be available to us? You think like maybe a big shell or something would be a more practical receptacle? You can't put a lid on a shell. Or you could fashion one. The sea witch does a not mollusk. have time to be fashioning lids. Well, where, where is she fashioning a clay pot from? She orders it. What, from the Etsy? land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, what? Sorry, you're telling me that they don't Actually, have Etsy under the sea. There are a lot of people on Etsy who believe they are sea witches. So, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, in a sense, we are close to the truth there. When I was away, I saw uh, I saw a kid going for a little swim in mm-hmm. the bay, and they were wearing a wetsuit, obviously because April and it's freezing. Sure. Um, but the wetsuit had a tail, like a mermaid oh, tail. Oh no! Like the, the it, this was like I I would imagine a seven or eight year old kid, so it was cute rather than oh, annoying. Okay, right. Yeah, sure. But yeah. I'm raising my kid furry. I don't care what they do when they're an adult, but while they're under my roof, they're <laughs> they will, furry. They will be a furry. I don't think you are a furry if you dress up as a mermaid. Scaly. I think it's a scaly, yeah. Mm. Although I saw this, um, uh, it wasn't a documentary, it was like kind of item on a, t- on a kind of magazine TV show sure. about this woman who reckons that she really is a mermaid. Right. And How does she get around the fact that she's not? How does she get around the fact that she's not a mermaid? Yeah. Well, they didn't go into that much detail okay. about the, the practicalities of you know not literally like, being a I mermaid. reckon I'm a bird okay then fly <laughs> not all birds can fly no, I'm an ostrich mate yeah I'm a penguin I'm, a, I'm an <laughs> emu <laughs> I can't fly but I can have Bolsonaro <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's more than you'll ever do that's right yeah uh, yeah a bit like because at first I was like watching it thinking like oh god this is a lunatic thinking she's a mermaid mm. but it was actually really like it was actually like quite sweet like one of the things that like she she does as a job is she uh-huh. works for different like sea life centers and stuff, and she's a she's a really good swimmer. She can hold her breath for ages mm-hmm. underwater, um, and like one of her jobs is to like swim around the tank to like delight the children who think that they've seen a mermaid, and that, right. I actually think that's like quite sweet. Yeah, and she like swims in like because she was up in Scotland, she swims in like the locks. And then, like, kind of appears like above, like above the surface of the okay, lock. So and does she actually think she's she a mermaid? She's a mermaid. Or does she no, no, no. She thinks she's one? a mermaid. Okay, so she's still dangerously unwell. Oh no, no, she's still very, very unwell. She's still very unwell. 
but harmlessly <laughs> so, I think. Way. I think harm- harmlessly so is how I would put it. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, you can't really harm anyone by pretending to be a mermaid. Well, unless you harm the sailors who become oh, enamoured by your, by your beautiful voice and your beautiful bosoms. How dumb have you got to be as a sailor to be like, that's a mermaid? I don't know. I feel like if you if you spent all of your life sailing, and you uh-huh. and you don't know what you don't know what's down there, it'd be very funny to lure a container ship onto the rocks. <laughs> that would have been a very different version of Captain Phillips. What like a kind of cargo ship that's like only like oh, carrying like, like a, carrying uh, like a kind of shine ship from on the China. Rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> full of crude oil. Yeah, a freighter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've got a freighter full of bauxite. Yeah. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, the captain has become distracted by some sirens. Yeah. yeah. Although sirens aren't mermaids, sirens are birds. They're birds? Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be three women. Uh, if you see um, uh, like pictorial versions of the sirens, they are, they've got birds' bodies and ladies' faces. They have beautiful women's singing voices, but if you actually see one, they're a kind of You're monstrous. Like, Damn, that's a sexy crow. Bird monstrous bird woman hybrid like, on like kind of like vase paintings and stuff mm. and you can like put it together and work so out, sort of work the, out the what they were supposed to look Prius like of um, mythological yeah um, temptresses it's really only the relentless sexualization of ancient texts that have like conflated it with the contemporary <laughs> mermaid say the relentless sexualization of the Toyota Prius yeah and I would have been fascinated it does have kind of a fat ass the Toyota Prius where is it going with all that cake <clears throat> To save the environment, sort of Japanese <laughs> one cake. gallon at a time. Yeah, that's right. Mm. What episode are um, we doing? Is it about mermaids? It's no. It's an episode of Seinfeld. It's an episode of Seinfeld. Um, it's season five, episode ten. Are there are there any Seinfeld episodes that go after mermaids? Does Jerry go in on them in a bit? I don't think so. No. Um, and the show is poorer for it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, the episode is called the Cigar Store Indian. Uh, now. When I heard the title of this episode before I watched it, I was slightly concerned as to what the content of uh, the episode was going to be. But actually, it's fine. I'm pleased to announce. You don't need to worry. Yeah. So please don't write in saying that that's racist because it's not. No. Or rather, it it is. There are some things in the show that are racist, but they are addressed as being so. Yeah, exactly. um, So you're you're not supposed to... You're not supposed to be laughing along with the racism. You're supposed to be correctly identifying and disapproving of the racism. And frankly, yeah. I don't want to watch a comedy where I don't get to disapprove of something. Yeah, exactly. It's like painting by numbers. Yeah. Or, or the hazard perception tests as part of the driving theory exam. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've got to click every time you see yeah. racism. Click as soon as you see developing racism and then click again just to make sure that it if is... it develops further. Exactly. Just yeah, to make yeah. sure that it's like taken in your click. Yeah. The absolute stupidest exam of all time. What is the hazard perception? The hazard perception. So in in Britain, when you take a driving test, you not only have to take the practical test, but you also have to take a theory exam, most of which is like a bit stupid, but fine. It's like quizzing you on road signs and things of that nature. Some of the the questions are a bit dumb. I remember I got one on my test that was like, 
if you see a motorcyclist lying on the verge who's clearly had an accident, what should you do? And it was like, A, offer them a cigarette. But and then like the like the option four was like call the emergency service. It's like obviously the right mm. answer. And every other answer was to like continue Speed driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like run have over, a beer. Run over their foot to check. <laughs> yeah. But Alice is revising Sit on their head. <laughs> she said that she got a practice question that was um, you're about to go on a long drive and you've just had an argument and become quite angry. What what should you do and it was like a have an alcoholic drink <laughs> it's like yeah that's right it's to calm you down you yeah. have one <laughs> and then option d was calm down calm, yeah. I just like relax the, like, that's just a course of action that you can take like, i had a not a dis- not a row but a discuss hmm. a robust discussion with the instructor who was doing the theory exam thing mm-hmm. um a robust discussion. It was a robust discussion. It's because I'm. It's because well, it's because I made the mistake of when I did my when I did my driving test. I did one of those like mm-hmm. those kind of compressed week things. Oh, fuck, where you the drive crash in, course. Yeah, where you drive in the morning Poorly and you named. do the, do the yeah. theory test in the afternoon. And I did it in Norfolk. And what I hadn't quite appreciated. Oh, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, Not this specific yeah. element. No, no, no. We talked but, about uh, the instructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob. He was a, he was a, he was a guy. Mm. Um. The one who called everyone he didn't like an Israelite. Oh, but yes. he wasn't doing it to be racist. Yeah. It was so, it was, he was a, he was a fascinating figure. Well, like so much of the anti-Semitism in this country, it's so disconnected from Anything. thinking about Jewish yeah. people. It's yeah, like yeah. kind of, it's ingrained yeah, at a much deeper so level. Israelite. He, yeah. he kept saying it. And not thinking like, about Jews you, when they say you, it. Yeah. What do you mean by this, Bob? And uh, yeah, he, 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 the one who went into the whole thing about, about snagging your tights. About how like <laughs> how like you got to be careful not to snag your tights on the handbrake. And he said, and I'm not being funny, but it's probably a woman who snags the tights. And it's like, yeah, I it's mean, not a gender I mean, pro- I mean, probably Bob. Bob. That's probably probably who's going to be snagging their tights. But he's open to it. He's but, you know. Yeah, what I hadn't quite appreciated was, and this is not an mm-hmm. insult to the good people of Norfolk, a fine and flat county. It just so <laughs> happened. <laughs> That's right. It's an A cup county. <laughs> it's an A cup county. Um it's it's part of the itty bitty titty committee. Is a double A smaller than an A? Yes it is. Which is funny because that's completely illogical bigger, bigger than, than a D. D yeah. 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 It should be the other way around, but it's yeah. not um well, I'm glad we've uh, <laughs> glad we've covered that. Yeah. Glad, mm. glad we've covered the uh, the bra portion. The necessary bra portion. Yeah. Bra at what point does it does it change? Are they, are, do they all have a double? No, no. Can't get a double B. Can't get a double C. Oh, okay, so that's the gap. So because A is small, so double small is smaller. Whereas yeah. D is big, so double big is bigger. Interesting. Yeah. So you've got A, which is small, and then double A, which is. <laughs> cut that out! Cut that out! That's no good. <laughs> cut that out! Cut that out! <laughs> No, absolutely nothing but love for my small titted sisters. Yeah. I'm, I might just beep what you said because I think that's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I, send, I, send, I send love from the, uh, from the medium yeah. to large tit yeah, yeah. contingent yeah. <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the tittied. <laughs> medium in real terms, large for my frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the benefit of the listener, Phoebe's absolutely stacked. Like she can barely see over those things. That's true. That is that is correct. Don't send me weird messages. Yeah. Thank you. She looks like she's playing Zorb football. <laughs> May I finish what I was going to say, please? Um, 
Yeah, no offence to the good people of Norfolk, but what I hadn't appreciated... Mm. Or to the small-breasted. Or to the small-breasted. Or the small-breasted of Norfolk. But the particular people who were doing this, um, who were doing this, like, accelerated driving course, Mm. every single one of them literally could drive because they'd learned to drive both a Land Rover and a tractor at the age of three. So they could drive, but they'd picked up all sorts of bad habits and they didn't have like proper licenses. So they needed to like unlearn the bad habits and just like pick up their formal license. But they Mm. could also not barely read, but they could barely read. So they needed... over their massive tits. Also true. So they needed all this time in the afternoon to like revise for the theory exam. And I'm just like, well, this is the easy bit it's quite annoying having to spend time doing this and then yeah like these lads who literally could like like turn a tractor around on a like on a coin pretty much they were such brilliant drivers and then they were just like uh so it's it's interesting interesting to meet the national speed limit (laughs) interesting to meet people from all walks of life and we got asked to like go over our our questions at the end Mm -hmm. of the theory test and whenever we did a pra- whenever we did a practice one, and one of the questions because I'd like just failed a practice one, and I wish to argue the toss on this one because right. uh, the question was if you see a red light, yeah, one of the quest- one of the answers one of the optional answers was stop if it is safe to do so, and the other one was stop, and I thought and I thought the answer should be stop if it's safe to do so, right. Apparently, the answer is stop under all circumstances. Even if it's unsafe to do Even so. Even if it's unsafe to do so. <laughs> like you're being chased by armed men. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This was. That's so funny. This was exactly my example. I said, what if there's like, what if there is a lorry which is so close to you that if you stop, it's going to like, it's going to crush your car and probably yeah, you. Yeah, like its brake lines have been cut it's, or something. Yeah, it's going to yeah. crush your car and your tiny, tiny child in the back seat. What then? The answer is stop if it's safe to do so. You're assuming that it's going to be safe to do so because you're coming up to a red light. Yeah, yeah. Safe to do so is quite a broad church. I think it's that a covers broad most church. scenarios. But no, the the answer is stop under all circumstances. And we really developed a bit of a, like mm. I said, a robust conversation on the subject. But that that's because basically, if it's safe to do so, is the caveat for everything on the driving test. That's what I think. That was my like, that was my feeling. Like green isn't go if it's not safe to do so. And then like, the tra- and yeah, yeah. You go even if there's somebody yeah. like there's like a very elderly I don't care person if there's a child picking there. across the <laughs> yeah. crossing. You they still go. You've that. seen a green light. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. That is mad. You're yeah, correct. Completely mad. So anyway, yeah, the point the point we were making was about the hazard perception part, yeah. which is a bit at the end of the driving theory test where you play the world's shitest video game. Um, where basically it's as though you're driving a car, but you're not actually controlling the car. You just have to click the mouse every time you see something that could be a hazard. Now, you get penalised for clicking too late, but you also get penalised for clicking too early, or for identifying something which they don't consider a hazard. And or this game not is- being like not being like serious enough about something they think is a massive hazard. Yeah, and you're also supposed to click each time the hazard, quote-unquote, develops. Yeah. This is unclear as to what this means. Basically, this is an entirely luck-based exercise, which happens at the end of the... It has no bearing on whether or not you can drive a car or understand the theory of driving a car. No, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. And it is the only thing that people who are not entirely brain dead fail the driving theory test on. Mm -hmm. If you fail the driving theory test on the quiz questions, I I don't think you should be allowed near a car. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) 
No, unless no. you're a Norfolk tractor lad, or, in which or, or case, have at it. Yeah. No, they seem of, to be doing okay on yeah, the farms. Right. Yeah, those big-eared boys on farms. <laughs> you said that. That wasn't me. I didn't I didn't say anything about that. Um, yeah. but this is the thing they They're weren't they, they weren't they weren't stupid at all they just like they just weren't strong readers because they didn't have to be not strong readers, readers. I know that sounds like worse like doesn't it that's so <laughs> you've got to learn to read as a kid because what will happen if one day you fall in a book <laughs> and there's no one there to help you <laughs> you're in your pyjamas you're clutching yeah. a brick you're going to have to read the word discursive <laughs> in pyjamas that's so good. It's like, why would I be in the sea in my pajamas? <laughs> They're like, look, it could happen. <laughs> yeah, you might be holding a brick as well. God, I hated going to swimming lessons. I, 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 I like that the pajama section is sort of deemed to be like a treat. <laughs> yeah, I hated all of that shit. I was not a fan. Did you do swimming lessons at primary school? Was this? I, my mum made me go on fucking Saturday mornings to this like grim like local comp school in uh, Harlow, which has since been closed and demolished. Mm. Um, and it had just like the grimiest pool and changing room set up. And I just I just found the whole, I was probably like five. I just found the whole experience extremely unedifying. Yeah. Um, pool was always really cold. Um, it will be that. Yeah, and it'll just be an, cold. Yeah, pools, it was pools an indoor are, pools, pool. Pools but, being cold. Yeah, they do. It do be yeah, like that. Do be that. I remember once my sister taking me there on a Saturday when my mum was busy doing something, and I was like, "Can we just not go and say that we did?" And my sister was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "That's my ass on the line." She's like, "I'm not doing that." It's my because my dad taught me to swim when I was mm. about I don't know four or five, um, right. because he thought I should be able to swim. It would be a good, yeah. it would be a good and valuable life skill for when yeah. I'm walking along the canal in my pajamas. It's useful. Uh, but then when I was a bit older, like for some reason, every kid in North London was taught to swim by the same old, extremely crotchety guy called Jeff, right. um, who worked at Swimming Jeff. who worked at the lo- who worked at the local pool, uh, and he was just like he was like a legend in like swim instruction. So my parents were like, "Oh, well, do you want do you want to go to swimming lessons with Jeff?" And I was like, "I already know how to swim." And they said, no, 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 go on. Everyone's sending their kids to learn how to swim with Jeff. Everyone thinks they know how to swim until they but meet until Jeff. Until they meet Jeff and then they realise they've got no fucking clue. You're, like, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be dead of drowning if you don't go to at least one Jeff session. Yeah. And one of the things that he made us do, he wouldn't let us, like, he wouldn't let us swim properly with, like, with like our, both our arms and legs right. for some reason. He said, no, 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 I'll tell you when you're ready to put arms and legs together and most of us right. were like, we can already swim. We can already put arms and legs together. We insist on doing this thing of swimming with just your arms with a kind of foam float thing between your knees and mm. also swimming with just your legs, holding a foam float out in front of you. And he said, so, so, and he always said to the girls, so with the foam float, just pretend it's a doll as if we couldn't work out how to hold on to it unless he told us yeah, it was that, a doll. swimming. Yeah, they've got to imagine it's a doll, otherwise they can't. Otherwise they can't cope. And, yeah, and so <laughs> you're being taught to drive and he's like, so imagine a steering wheel's like a big compact mirror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't stare in it, no. but you can glance in it. In yeah. fact, you want to glance in the other mirror, which is also yeah. like a compact you, mirror. Do you enjoy understand? That. That'll be like a treat for you, having a little look in the mirror, won't it, Have a little it, glance, have a little yeah. glance. Uh, and he said to the boys... Pretend it's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the two genders, the two 
Genders, and I went folks. home and I said I didn't like Jeff he wouldn't let us swim properly and he told us to pretend the float was a doll and my parents were like that's it she's not going back there. that's ridiculous <laughs> she knows how to swim I don't know why we got bullied into doing this in the first place listen my daughter can pretend the floats whatever it wants if she wants to pretend it's a gun she then can that is up to her yeah. <laughs> let's, let's take this weird gendered element out anti-gun control brackets feminist exactly that's yeah, right that's right um, so should we talk about the bit Because we're yeah. 20 minutes in And we have not even addressed the bit Now you look Now you look This is what happens When we don't have I a guest me. to contain you us You told three incredibly long And baroque <laughs> anecdotes But you're telling me We're 20 minutes in Look I was just trying to give you A little break Because yeah. you're a snot bag And I didn't want to Put mm. a strain on your voice Oh, I see. Got another one to record later, haven't we? We have. We have a little peek behind the curtain there exactly. into the <laughs> room full of sausage meat in which we're standing. Just wading through. So we open with a bit and Jerry is going in hard on the concept of what your dad is wearing. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can always tell when the best year of a father's life was because their fashion sense is frozen in that period. They continue to buy new clothes. They just buy new old clothes. I don't think this is specific to fathers. I think, like, I think there's a point in your mm. life when you stop caring about what is current and what is fashionable because you'll look like a dickhead. Well, I think it's also, yeah, it's not, it's not strictly true. It's like you transition into like a different, a different kind of fashion, if you can call it that, where it's like, you, you, you know, you start, buy, you still buy the new stuff that comes in, but it's what's new in, in like next. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You start there. There's that kind of baffling, and I, I feel like Next is a great example. There's a sort of like at the clothing that is marketed to dads to wear at a barbecue. Mm. The kind of the 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 big polo shirt, the big rugby shirt. The, I don't um, think I've ever seen my dad in either of those the things. The t-shirt with a baffling print. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably quite Anglo mm. as a vibe. Yeah, it could be. But um. Yeah, when your dad's also unusually genteel, this isn't the sort of thing my dad would have worn either, because my dad would have been wearing. Yeah, my my dad's a big fan of the three quarter zip. Ah. I think that's a that's a real dad vibe. Don't you mean the one quarter zip? Three quarter zip would be weird, just like zip down to the belly button, but no further. I think he has got like a like a cardigan that has like maybe it is a quarter zip. I don't know. That's the more common one. It goes down to like like, like, the middle of the chest. Yeah, that's a quarter zip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, a quarter zip, if you like. Yeah. He's, he's a big fan of those. But I'm now intrigued by three-quarter zip, like the Australian plunging <laughs> zip line. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for, that's for gala occasions, yeah. I Something think. people don't know about Phoebe's dad is he's absolutely shredded. <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> uh, and he likes to show it off. Yeah, fair enough. Um, fair play. Yeah, no, I, I do think this is kind of a, bar- a Baroque bit. Yeah, I, do, I don't... I, like, I sort of see what he means, mm. but I think he's trying to get at more is like at what point does an old person start dressing like an old person? Yeah. At what point do you start getting those Velcro shoes from the Hotter catalogue? Yeah, like at what mm. point do you start wearing like those weird beige coats? Oh, yeah. But because like this is the thing, I always thought this about like the way that like my kind of grandparents dress because they didn't seem to dress like they had dressed when they were young. They seemed to wear a very particular kind of old person's mm fashion but now when you see old people around they look like they just are wearing what they wore when they were a bit younger so Mm. what i'm wondering is when like this generation are old are Mm. we going to see lots of old people in uh goth outfit yeah we're going to see lots of old people in like giant skate shorts (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the Kevin Smith jaw is making yeah. a comeback amongst the elderly. Yeah, kind of vintage Alessi zip-ups. Yeah, maybe. That yeah. could work. That could work. I could see that. Um, yeah, I feel like in, in Britain, you know, it's all about like... Uh, M&S is really the bookend of life, you know. They, yeah. People people put kids in M&S clothes and old people, they just go back to M&S. Yeah, you know? but M&S have really been trying to kind of ramp up their we do nice clothes as well. They try, but... They're, they're, they're good for jumpers. I'll say that. <laughs> you, get a good, you get a good jumper in M&S. Mm. Mm. There you go. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure about this. And then Jerry, goes, sure about this. Jerry goes on a tangent about how the ideal men's clothing store would be you just you just go in in your pants and you check you check your trousers at the yeah. door and then you just walk around in your underwear and then you don't have to go mm. into the little room there seems to be an seems to be a problem he for him like the of room. the little room dressing and undressing in the little room he doesn't care for it i don't know why it's worse to dress and undress in the little room than it is to walk around a shop in your underwear yeah i do i understand his frustration that if you're well, actually, no, because if I was trying on more than one lot of clothes, I would just take them all with me into the changing room in one go, take my trousers yeah. and shoes off once, and then try yeah, them all on. Yeah, but it's the little room that Jerry seems to object to. It reminds him of his time in solitary. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very, very specific and targeted claustrophobia. When he went to comedian's jail. What? Why would you go to comedian's jail? Is it for being too funny or not funny enough? Stealing a bit. Clout theft. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, clout theft, yeah. There are certain things that, like, comedians get, like, really wound up about. Um, and they're always things which are quite, like, bizarre, objectively. Mm. Um, I think, like, being a comedian, and particularly an unsuccessful comedian, breeds a certain kind of weird mindset in people where they start to take... It's almost as though, like, the less successful they are, the more seriously they take comedy and the more time they devote to like thinking about like how it should be and like the kind of like the samurai code of the mm. comedian, you know. And so they get these like weird the comedian circle. They'll become obsessed with things like, oh, like this this famous comic has like an a joke that's like similar to one that's like been done quite a lot by this club comic and like maybe it's stolen and it's like, yeah, or maybe it's a coincidence. Or also who really cares? Like like quite a lot of be annoying if it was you quite a lot of those ones you can tell that they arrived at independently because it's quite obvious yeah like i've never seen like a club comic set like claiming that someone has stolen their bit where the bit doesn't seem like Mm. basically anyone if they thought for 25 minutes could come up with yeah yeah but then again but then again i did see one with somebody who had like their entire character stolen Mm. and like commissioned for a tv show and that would that would fuck me off i think yeah it does happen yeah because on the one hand half the time when this stuff gets stolen i'm like that's shit but then half the time i'm also like but then again most of the stuff on tv is shit yeah so although half maybe the, they do need to steal half stuff the time as well i'm a bit like i wouldn't be so i wouldn't be so anxious to uh lay public claim to this bit actually <laughs> i think it's mm. it's probably better if someone else if someone thinks that someone else came up with it Although yeah. a bit of my writing was mm. stolen more or less word for word by quite a famous writer. Oh. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Yeah. Rowling. Yeah, Phoebe actually wrote the Harry Potter book. I, <laughs> no, actually, no, I Phoebe came up... only wrote The Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> I came up with Anthony Goldstein, the, the single Jewish wizard at, at Hogwarts. He was mine. <laughs> I wrote Anthony, Go- Anthony Goldstein. Just the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. The fact that he's in Ravenclaw. Like, honestly, 
Like it would have been better if she just said, no, no Jews at Hogwarts. It's not allowed. It's like a, it's like a 1920s country club. Like that would have been much better than coming up with Anthony Goldstein. Anthony. As a special Anthony. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's like a it's called there's a version of Hogwarts based at day school and it's have, in North London. Yeah, yeah and you can't because you can't have hog there. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, very so good. It's, so it's chicken warts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, very nice. Chicken warts sounds like a disease. It does. Yeah. So does liver warts. Yeah. Um, like gefilter warts. Gefilter warts. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I never and obviously I didn't go public with it because it makes me sound like a maniac, and also mm. there's no proof, but yeah, it definitely is the case. And uh, but just whenever I see this writer kind of knocking around, like giving it the big mm. I am, I'm always a bit like, "You stole a paragraph from me. Why?" Oh, one paragraph's it's hilarious. One paragraph. as well. It's so petty. It's one paragraph, but it definitely was stolen from me because I know for a fact that they read the thing that it was stolen from, and it's more or less word for word. Yeah, unbelievable. I am. I am baffled by that. It's like a paragraph of a story. When I was when I was working as a comic in Russia, I'd get asked a lot, like by like r- Russians and sometimes Russian comics, like, "Oh, do you ever just like take uh, take jokes from like other British comedians and just like translate them because like no one here would know?" And I'm like, "Well, I could do that, could but do that. why? Why? Why would I do that? Well, to what end?" There are certain very famous comedians who are apparently known for like going round to like open mic <laughs> nights with their little notebook oh, and taking hell. anything which is worth taking that's pathetic imagine yeah. being at that level imagine being at the level where people laugh at anything you say regardless because like you just have fans you don't have like people who think you're funny anymore you just have fans mm. and you're still trying to steal stuff off open mic having this podcast abject. <laughs> yeah. they don't care what we say they don't care they don't care it's 35 minutes in and we haven't addressed the uh substance of the episode no no that's what they're here for that's they what love they're it. here for yeah. they're, they're here for the chat um, it's basically a magazine show at this point. Exactly, yeah. And the, where we read the magazine adaptation of the show Seinfeld. That's right. Um, <laughs> the one show. So um, They yeah. should continue it in graphic novel form like they, they did with Buffy. Yeah, they should do a Seinfeld anime where it's like really over the top, like close-ups of people's face. Like, you know, George is in an awkward situation and he's going like, uh, 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 and it's like zooming in on his eyes, you know. That's... That would be awful. You're right. Yeah, they get someone's going to make that now. Yeah, at least at least like a thirty second clip. Anyway, look at the start of the episode. Um, uh, Jerry and Elaine are with George at his parents' house. His parents aren't there, and with Kramer as well. Yeah, and they've all stayed over. No, I think they're just round there to visit. Okay, and Kramer's eaten one of the soaps. Yeah, which is a guest soap. Yeah, guest soap. Do you want to yeah, do that? Happens. Yeah. Does. Like sometimes you see sometimes you see novelty soaps and you're just like, Yeah, I could eat that. That yeah. looks that looks nice, doesn't it? Particularly yeah. those ones that have like the like the kind of the clear soap with like other colours of kind of clear uh, yeah, cubes like, some like rose set petals in, in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't mm. you ever think like I could just gnaw <laughs> <laughs> off a corner. Nom nom nom. Nom 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 Delicious. Yeah, they th- I think they should make things that you're not supposed to eat less delicious looking. They should, yeah. Like, you I know agree. the stuff with the Tide Pod challenge. Like that's on them. Yeah, for yeah. making the Tide Pod look so delicious. It, it looks quite a lot like a plausible sort of round trees yeah. item. Yeah. Well, or like those the thing that you wouldn't let me eat last last week. Oh yeah, the moon gel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you shouldn't eat that. Even the fact that it's called moon gel that makes mm. me want to eat it so much. Yeah. I'm gonna eat it. 
It says it's non-toxic. It's quite expensive. How expensive? Like It's like a tenner for a pot of that stuff. Oh, that's fine. I'll give you a tenner. <laughs> I'll give you a tenner if you let me eat this inevitable this inedible blue jelly um, or this inevitable mm. blue jelly which is, a, mm. which is an entirely different concept we love an inevitable blue jelly yeah yeah, um, yeah and then and, and Jerry somehow annoys Elaine I, I, I slightly missed this bit okay so mm. they're talking about what it smells like in the house and Elaine mm. says it smells like dandruff which I think is genuinely one of the most evocative Things that happens in this whole mm. show because you know exactly what she means by it as well because mm. dandruff shouldn't have a smell because it's just skin yeah, yeah it does mm. it does dandruff I don't and know if dandruff has a smell per se but i feel like it, it but you it's know associated but you with know what she smells. means by the dandruffy like smell the kind of unclean hair smell yeah not just that but like kind of a weird sort of soapy skin smell mm. Mm. uh Jerry says that he's going to take Elaine back into the city because she's got poker night with the girls. The girls. This is the first time you are, I think, at first, and I think last time you're aware of Elaine having any female friends. It's the first and the last time I've ever been aware of some women having a poker night. Why? Never encountered. I mean, to be honest, when I, when I know of men having a poker night, I find it to be a bit contrived. Because it's usually like slightly dweeby guys in their 20s being like, yeah, we're having a poker night with the boys. And it's like, oh, you're being men, are you? <laughs> are you pretending you're in the Sopranos? Oh, you're going around, oh, are you gambling? Oh, are you putting in a tenner each for the poker night? I'm like, fuck off. I think it's a think beer be, and a pizza like be normal people. It's very funny to have a poker night, but with like all of the kind of the like the kiddie versions of adult stuff. So like everyone's smoking like candy cigarettes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like playing with Monopoly money. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. That yeah. would be very fun. We should do that. Like plastic jewellery out of a like out of like a Christmas cracker, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mobsters are beating you up with one of those big inflatable baseball yeah. bats. Everyone's yeah. wearing For like Yeah, Bugsy Malone, but but a poker night. Exactly. Everyone's yeah. wearing those like polo shirts, but they are from the kids' range at M and S. Yeah, a, a bunch of ordinary guys who have office jobs meeting up and having a poker night is effectively Bugsy Malone. Yeah, okay, no, I because can't argue with that. Because poker isn't fun. Poker is fun. I don't think, it's, it's quite boring. If, you want, if you're trying to actually win, it's quite a boring mathematical game. We used to have um, poker nights in my family, and because right. my parents took the idea of like theme evenings quite seriously, mm. like my dad would make this like pretend, like kind of Charles, like whiskey mm. cocktail for me, oh, okay. and like put it in like a, like a tumbler. <laughs> and we'd like <laughs> set ourselves up around the, like round the table, and like we had like fake cigars and stuff. It was really fun. I mean, admittedly, it was really fun when I was like eight. <laughs> Prime Bugsy Malone Prime territory. Prime Bugsy Malone territory. Um, but yeah, it's because my um, yeah my great grandfather was a professional gambler. Mm. Um, my grandmother uh, was like not keen on gambling at all because she associated it with like misery and uncertainty and precarity and alcoholism which you know yeah. fair enough mm. uh, but it meant that she'd like she'd picked up to all be fair, these like, the alcoholism to, to was be separate fair, was separate but you know separate but not not unconnected well, they're not they're not uncomplimentary they're not, they're not they, don't, they don't like it's not like they don't run side by side they're definitely two horns on the same goat yeah shall we say but there's plenty of alcoholics who aren't gamblers and plenty True, of gamblers, plenty of gamblers, who, gamblers aren't who aren't alcoholics yeah. i'm not i'm not saying they are they're not, the they're not inextricably linked yeah. but they run parallel they're yeah. two it's rails a type of guy exactly yeah. it's a type of guy and that ha so happens that my great-grandfather was and my great-grandmother for that matter were both these types of guy yeah. 
but my so my grandmother basically just like disdained all of that sort of stuff but she did pick up a number of different super super cool card shuffling techniques uh. so she could do that thing where you where you kind of where you kind of put them in an arch and they kind of go Ooh, like that she could do Oh, yeah, that's that good. thing, that she could good. cut a deck with one hand. And my mum learnt this as well when she was a kid. So both my mum and my grandma, who is now so, sadly no longer with us, uh, used to be able to do this. And mm. I can't do it. Like I have not, I have not inherited hard, the magic, stuff. the magic card stuff. But my mum can do all this like kind of sort of super cool kind of lady finger stuff. Have not inherited it. I think what happened is your mum learned to do it. No, <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> <laughs> and I inherited my stiff thumbs from my dad's side of the family. Thanks uh, a lot, yeah, Dad. Yeah, your dad's side. Your dad comes from a long line of hitchhikers. Non opposable thumbs. It's <laughs> <laughs> what the Royal Lahiri's had. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like those famously stiff Brahmin thumbs. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Everyone knows about the stiff Brahmin thumbs. That's right. Yeah. Apart from apart from white dogs, just another example of medicalized racism. <laughs> <laughs> the heartbeat and the thumbs. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know how Do you know how many of us get misdiagnosed with arthritis just because mm. we can't move our thumbs? It's a real. It's a tough one. It's, it is it's a tough terrible. one. That, that's yeah. the legacy of colonialism, right there. I think it's nice to have a poker night. I think if a bunch of women said they had a poker night, I'd think, ah, oh, that's nice. It's yeah. unconvincing that Elaine has a poker night with these three women who you've never heard of before and never hear of again. Yeah. And just and just everyone there are just they're just the most classic dames. They're straight they down dames. the line. They boards. are dames. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not quirked up shorties. They're not. Um, no. But if this. But this group of women. Because whatever gender you are, the poker night is a try hard event, <laughs> and <laughs> none of the people at this poker We're night not are try hard enough. On this show. <laughs> it's like, I think it's for me. Poker night goes into that category of things where, like, um, okay, so top line statement that I agree with. Women should be able to do anything that men do if they want. However, there are some things that men do that are very like male coded where I'm like, like if you king. were a woman, why would you choose to do that one? Because that's shit even when men do it. <laughs> and so poker night for me is definitely that's one of those. shit even when men do it. Yeah, but what I mean is in like men, this is something that like men are often like expected to do because it's like, oh, it's just sort because of, you've got other male men idiot are not friends. expected to have poker nights. No, but you've got other <laughs> idiot male friends who are likely yeah. to organize organize a poker night and be like you sh if you want to hang out with your friends you're gonna you know what i mean it's the kind of thing you're likely to be like roped into doing but whereas if you're a woman there's no pressure to do something that annoying so why <laughs> like, if you're a woman there's pressure to do stuff which is much more annoying no again i agree but what i mean is, is i would why are you i would taking rather on go to any number of poker nights over listen to yet another thing that some that one of my friends like dipshit boyfriends has done this time like in the, no, no contest no but I'm not contesting that but what I'm saying is, and similarly it would work the other way around it's like yeah. when men get too into skincare it's like why have you adopted this thing where it's men like men get too into skincare there's like an element of skincare where it's like yeah that's good and fine and whatever you know that, that's looking after yourself and there's the element of like oh, okay, you've now absorbed all of this stuff that's really cynically marketed at women and has been for 100 years to make money. Longer than 100 being years. By being like, you need to look, like, all, and half yeah. of it doesn't do anything. And it's like, as a man, you have escaped having that marketed at you. So why have you actively chosen to go and fall for it? <laughs> Do like it. Do like a do like a good woman thing. Like engaging with your emotions. Don't do the like. No, don't do buying that. Buying eighteen serums. No, don't do that. No, I think buy eighteen serums. <laughs> I think buy eighteen serums and then have a poker night. That's what I think. That's my advice. <laughs>
No more than 18. Take the serums to your poker night, then share them round with your boys. Yeah, everyone's got their own serum. That's what I think, mm. yeah. Everyone's got their own personalised serum. That's right. I just sort of feel like there's so many industries which are predicated on women hating themselves. Yeah. And like, why would a, why would a man see this and be like, I want to hate myself too? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't, yeah. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. The point about the ladies' poker night right, yeah, is to sorry. introduce you to uh, Elaine's beautiful friend, Winona. Yeah. Who is very beautiful, I think. Mm. She's got a real real look about her. She's got a beautiful head of hair. Who, um, who Jerry has got his eye on. Mm-hmm. Classic Jerry. Classic Jerry. The hound that is Jerry Seinfeld. Elaine says she'll put in a word for her, which shows, I think, that Winona is not actually Elaine's friend. Because mm. if Elaine was actually friends with someone, she would not let them go anywhere near Jerry. That's what I think. Mm. Why is Elaine setting Jerry up with anyone? She knows what he's like. Yeah. The man can't be stopped. The man can't be stopped. He's an absolute... He's a, he's a terror. He's an absolute pussy hog. Yeah. <laughs> he's deep, deep in the trough. Plowing furrows <laughs> through the pussy with his snout. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Can't be doing with it. Um, so she goes off... To he doesn't have time to drive her into the city because he has to take the coffee table to be refinished because he left a coffee cup on the coffee table and George freaks out because his parents won't let him have people in the house when he's not there. Right. Now, I don't think this works mm. because Jerry, as has been on a number of occasions uh, accounted for, that's mm. not what I mean quite, Jerry has been very much established as being like a psychotically neat person. There's like a whole story yeah, about yeah, yeah. how there's no hair in his brush and no hair in his comb. Like he won't let people go mm. to the toilet in his house. So why is he putting a coffee cup down on a finished coffee table without a, cost- uh, without a coaster? That's a Kramer. That's a Kramer behavior. Yeah, That's exactly. not a Jerry behavior at all. I think this is a mistake. This is an error, yeah. So... So George gets very upset and says, we've got to take the coffee table to the refinisher because my parents said that I'm not allowed to have pies in the house, which is very funny because George has George, no other friends. George could just say that he accidentally put the coffee table. Yeah, but then, they'd, but then they'd lose their minds and then they'd talk about it 20 so years how later. how bad can this possibly be just with one coffee cup on it? Like, you know, surely you, could, it doesn't, surely you don't need to have the whole coffee table refinished. May I direct your attention yet again to the broken shower incident in my family? <laughs> Do you think that if I'd left a stain on a piece of their furniture, that much the same, <laughs> much the same response wouldn't occur? Mm, I see. Yeah, I think that's what Especially we're if dealing left it with. On their croupier's table. Yeah, well, disaster. Don't damage the felt. Yeah. No, you can't damage the felt. Mm. Yeah, I don't think my parents would be very happy if I left a stain on any of their pieces of furniture. Mm. Right, as we speak, your parents are eight hours into a game of beat your neighbours out of doors. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Don't scratch their French polish. No, never. They'll have you. They'll send um, the send the lads after you. Right. So then, Jerry, but the lads only have like <laughs> only have like custard pies because right. it's Bugsy Malone. Exactly. Yeah. So Jerry and George go to the refinisher place, yeah. and and while they're at the refinishers, George meets a sexy lady, a sexy Queen's sexy. lady. No, but she's about George's level, I'd say. I think yeah, she's but got- George George normally bats way above his average. He does, yeah, but you know he's down he's down bad at the moment. He's got no job. He's living back at home with his parents. His confidence is shattered. And she's saying, "So you're obviously from Manhattan." Yeah, and he's so, like, so "You've got that cool car." She thinks that I'm from Manhattan. And he's like, "Oh, that's Jerry's car." Yeah, 
Yeah. I like her. I think she seems like a fun gal. I didn't know there were cool people living in this neighborhood. Yeah. He's like, well, now she has an extremely strong, extremely strong. What I assume is supposed to be a Queen's accent, Mm. which I like. Yeah. Obviously from Manhattan. And it is at this point that um, uh, Jerry sees a fated item. The cigar store Indian. The eponymous cigar store Indian. So I don't. So I googled this, and apparently this this is like a common thing thing they used to have in cigar stores because I guess they associated tobacco with Native Americans, maybe. Is well, the, the Native Americans definitely smoked tobacco, didn't they? Because yeah, they had, like, but is there and, like is there like a like a well known American brand of cigars that's maybe got like a picture of a First well, Nations well, person? Well, Amer- American it? Spirit has a picture of a Native American, yeah. brand, doesn't it? Tobacco. I, I think that's definitely an association because I guess that the yeah, but the settlers found out about tobacco from the Native Americans. So I suppose that is yeah, a, but isn't American Spirit a little bit? I live in Bookwick, Bushwick, and I sort of have a book deal, but not really. Oh, I think it's like kind of a more trendier. But what I'm saying is that clearly this is a thing. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. So this is yeah, this was not something that I was familiar with, but I was willing to go along with it. But yeah, if you Google Cigar Store Indian, it has, aside from the Seinfeld episode, it, it has, has like, a Wikipedia it has, okay, page okay, for this. Okay, interesting. These All statues right. of Native that, Americans that, that I they think have in cigar stores. They're like stores. holding a tray so you can like display a, a box of cigars on them or. Huh. That's what this one seems to be. It yeah. seems to like have its hands up. I, I don't know. But yeah, so it's kind of like an ornamental decoration. It's pretty big, this thing. It's like maybe like five feet tall. God. Well, I'm just judging from the one in yeah, the no, episode. No, no. But, yeah. but we don't because we don't really have an equivalent of that here. Well, we're not really cigars aren't really much of a thing here, well, are I they? Guess. Not like kind of You see, that's another right, this is another thing. When have men a, men a cigar and store picked. fucking cigars. <laughs> Any anyone under fifty smoking a cigar is a fucking poser. I'm sorry. <laughs> the amount of times I've been offered a cigar by men in their twenties, and I'm like, sorry, are you fucking high? What? Like, what? Who? What, am I Winston Churchill? Have you ever been offered this? a cigar by someone who wasn't high? Yeah. Oh, they usually no, because the sort of people who develop a cigar smoking habit when they're like, oh, it's a special occasion, so I'm having a cigar. They're not fun enough to do drugs. Mm. They're like the kind of people who like they think that's a bit of fun. That's like, cool, I'm having a cigar. And it's like, no. no. George occasionally has a cigar as a treat. But it just, I just never get it because it's like, smoking a cigarette is like, oh, yeah, that's like, mm, lovely I cigarette. I feel like we've had uh, this conversation that, you know, before. You get and a I high said, off of it. And I whereas, said I quite like the taste of cigars. So I do. I think it's quite nice. I don't like the way it goes kind of soggy. And there's so much of it. And I don't like the way you have to kind of like, kind of honk on it. Like you're Mm. a kind of... Like you're J. Jonah Jameson. Like I'm who? The newspaper editor in Spider-Man. Get me pictures of the Spider-Man. No, I know who you mean. I just didn't know who... He's just always smoking a cigar. I see. Sorry, I thought you meant like this was some... Because it more feels like you're trying to kind of... More feels like you're trying to get a noise out of a trombone. (laughs) <laughs> what you're blowing on the cigar you're kind of you know you're sort of creating a lot of blowing spin. a raspberry into the yeah end exactly yeah. Mm, I don't know I, th- I, I like those like kind of slim cigars I think those are quite fun oh like a cigarillo like, like those cafe, are more enjoyable like a kind of cafe creme thing yeah, yeah no those are definitely that's, more enjoyable I bet that's like a really kind of like vulgar brand of cigar oh, I bet that's like the blue nun of cigars I've, and I've, I've just made myself creme. look stupid yeah. <laughs> I, oh I'm almost certain that, that cigar guys would be furious at the yeah. mention of cafe creme but that's what makes it good <laughs> I associate, I associate cigars with my grandfather because he mm. used to smoke because he was ordered to stop smoking cigarettes by his doctor, but he oh, carried on smoking oh, cigars. Oh, <laughs> powerful move! <laughs> just like, oh well, he didn't say anything about. I mean, <laughs> trying li- to own the doctor, like literally, yeah. <laughs> 
It's so funny to treat medical advice as though it's like a core order. <laughs> and and then, like I'm trying to find a loophole. And then he lived to and then he lived to ninety-three with basically no illnesses at all. Fair play. Like absolutely fair play. My granddad was a hardy man. Mm. Yeah, legit. Mm. And was old and therefore allowed to smoke cigars. Yeah, could do what he wanted. Yeah, crucially. Yeah. yeah. Got up at five to go for a swim, came back, had a cigar. Classic. Yeah. Uh yeah, so Jerry makes the, I've got to say, I think it's a, even if you don't think through the implications of it, I think it is a very obviously risky decision to buy something of this kind for a gift. Because even if you don't take in... A woman as well. It feels like yeah, the sort of gift you'd buy for a man. Because even, ta- even taking in the, you know, the emblem of, uh, cent- of centuries of monstrous colonial racist violence and genocide even like accepting for that it's just quite it's quite a large thing to impose on someone else like it's quite a kind of like they're really big into buying unscheduled large presents for other people on Seinfeld because like she lives in a small flat you can't just show up with a five foot statue and say here you go this is for your small flat where's she gonna put it you know I hate a gift that's an imposition yeah yeah, you don't like. This to is see why it. I don't like. This is why I don't like event gifts or like activity gifts because it's always giving you a task. It's always like there's always a kind of admin component. It depends what it is. If it's like a voucher for like a nice dinner and you can arrange oh, it. Yeah, away, no, 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 that's, that, that, that's different. Yeah, yeah, but if but it's like if it's like something out of like you know the little kind of Virgin Days Out book. My sister once bought me a sushi making class. Have I talked about this on the show? You have, yeah. <laughs> you have, but you can talk about it again. I'm sure they'd be and delighted just, to hear. And I never went because it was a yo it was a yo sushi making class and every yo sushi that I phoned up were like, Oh, we don't actually do that here. You'll have to call the other one and just everyone and then the only one that did do it were like, Oh yeah, we do do that. Well we only do it once a month and like they were just like booked up and then and every everyone I called was like why would you want to come on a sushi making class at Yo Sushi? That was basically the implication of what I was saying. And I'm like, I don't know. I've obviously not bought this for myself. Like anything which requires me to make a phone call mm. and start dicking around with diaries and being like, oh, so like, oh, you can only do it sort of between certain times and on I certain like the middle of the day on a weekday. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I just don't want to drive a four by four that much. I no. don't. I'm not fussed. Yeah. Don't get me a fucking day out. I don't want a day out. They're I want you up to Norfolk. I want an farmers. item. Either give me an item or like, or mm. I don't know, just like go in your an wallet and get me out some something. kind of crumpled tenors. I'll take yeah. those. That's fine. Um, but yeah, no. So this present is an imposition. It's a risky present, but he decides he's going to get it for her because he wants to say sorry to her for having to, for her having to get the subway from Queens into the city. Right, and also, which is also quite quite weak, because this isn't really he hasn't really he hasn't really done anything to Elaine. He's just not done her a favor. He, no, he promised he was going to drive her back so that she'd get back in time, and oh, then right. he didn't at the last minute. Right, and then he thinks that it's going to make him look good if he's giving her a present in front of Winona, who he fancies. Mm. I think that this is a rare swing and a miss from Jerry on the pussy mm. hunt front. Yeah, because. If you saw somebody showing up and giving a large, relatively extravagant present to somebody, wouldn't you think, oh, they want to they wanna shag them. They don't want to shag me. They want to shag the person they're giving the present to. Well, I guess maybe he thinks the background that like him and Elena are old friends is kind of like established. 
if you like if I showed if up you and showed gave up you at, a gift, at like a girl's brunch with a fucking five foot tall statue and gave it to yeah, me, of you. I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? I've got, I've got like a, a 0.97 scale statue of Phoebe <laughs> to give to her. Actually, to be fair, that'd be sick. I'd You'd like love that. that I'd, yeah. I'd absolutely it's love got that. Huge tits. <laughs> The tits extend like two and a half feet from the yeah. front of the. Good. Yeah. You are wearing a feather headdress for some reason. For some reason. Yeah. It's regrettable. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's regrettable, but, but I couldn't get them to the take it off. The sculptor insisted on it. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, <laughs> no, you don't get it. She's dressed up as someone at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, stra- it's a strange mm. idea. But yeah. when he gets there with the cigar store Indian... And mm. gives it to Elaine. He says, we had a little fight earlier. And he's written this terrible racist message about smoking the peace pipe. Well, mm. smoking peace pipe, I think. Yeah. On the card. And he may, and he like insists on reading it out. And Winona is like, I think I'm going to go. Because mm. Winona, as it turns out after she's left, is Native American. And uh, Elaine is like, what? She's handled this quite graciously she by just kind it. of. She just... handles it very graciously. And I think Elaine handles it quite graciously as well because she tries to stop him and she tries to shut him up and he won't hear of it. So, what happens next, I think, is a little bit bizarre because mm. he rings her up and he apologizes and she agrees to go out with him. Why would you agree to go out with somebody in these circumstances because his apology is that he did it in front of her not that he did it in the first place if there hadn't been a native american person there he wouldn't have thought there was anything worth apologizing for like racism doesn't only count if you do it in front of somebody who is, is that, affected is that by what it he says because i thought he was just saying that he was like ignorant of it and was like no oh, oh, right, he was okay. saying that he didn't realize that she was native american not that uh. this is this is gross I guess it's 1994. I guess it's not. It's sim- quite simply 1994. But 1994, that was like, oh, he's apologised. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fa- you know yeah. what? Communist. <laughs> yeah. About as left wing as it gets. Um, yeah. So she agrees to go out with him, which is a little bit unclear why. Yeah. And uh, he says that he knows a good Chinese restaurant. And, and then he asks the mailman, whose head is like in the post. He says, box. you must know where the Chinese restaurant is. Turns out the mailman's oh, Chinese. Chinese. He takes very strongly against like, this. No, because you're the mailman! You're the mailman! You know the name of the mailman! Um, and the Chinese mailman does a kind of kind of sort of comedy Chinese accent mm. and Winona is starting to look a little bit like, what's with this guy? But this is the kind of thing where you're like, okay, so you're within your rights to be offended at the other thing Joe did, but this is like a genuine case of, you know that didn't know the guy was Chinese. This is just yeah. a mistake. This is just yeah. a mistake. And and she yeah. knows basically that because she does she does say okay no that's fine but she's looking a little yeah, taken yeah. aback at she's, the, but what, then she what's is like, happening actually, I'm gonna go I think it's because her date has just been yelled at in the street and that's very emasculating I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't want to make out with someone who's just been like told off in the street <laughs> I think that's very stripping of their sexuality I think costs. so yeah never get told off on a date this never is the Sigma to- grind <laughs> set Told up on a date. Like Mike Sinovich, rule one, never get told off. You don't want to watch someone yeah. being scolded. It makes them very unsexy. Scolded. Yeah, they've got their bridle on. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, mm. um, Elaine is on. We completely missed a bit out. It's quite important. Elaine mm. has bor- Elaine has borrowed a copy of Frank's t- Frank Costanza's TV guide to read on the subway. 
Why would you want to read the TV guide on the subway? This is a She needs something to read on the subway. She can't just sit and stare into space. That's fair enough. I no, need something to do on a train. This is the only thing in the house because his parents don't read. Right, okay. And this is why, this is, you know what? We've missed out such a huge chunk. Okay. Look. We're going back. We're going back. Mm. Kramer comes up with the idea of uh, a coffee table book, which is about the history of coffee tables. Mm. We'll come back to that. That's important. Um, he tries to get Elaine to pitch it to her boss and she's like, I'm not pitching that. That's a stupid idea. Mm. And Jerry says, actually, I think it's a pretty good idea. Mm. Uh, he comes up with this idea to cover up the coffee stain. And then George says, my parents yeah. don't read. So that's why they don't have anything to read in the house right, to right, lend right. Elaine to sit on the subway yeah. with. So my, she, par- my parents are from Norfolk. That's right. <laughs> so she borrows, fantastic so she, drivers so she borrows the TV guide. And yeah. while she's on the train, uh, there's a whole business with, uh, with, a, a gyro, is it a gyro, a gyro, a gyros, gyros, it, Wait, it, that, a Greek sandwich wrap thing. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I think gyros, yeah. So Kramer gets off the train to get one, then he doesn't manage to get back onto the train, and then someone steals his gyros. Um, yeah. And then this is when the, the this weird, is when the creepy man is talking to her. Whose energy is that he's obsessed with television. He's obsessed with television, and he also is very keen on Elaine. I mean, we can't blame him. No, we can't blame but him. He for is that. A, but he's shooting a, his shot. He's a creepy weirdo. He's a creepy weirdo. But what's what's interesting about him is that as as we discover later when he shows up at the Costanza house, he is known. He is just he's just into television in general as a genre. He'll watch anything that's on television, which I feel like isn't a type of guy. Like you kind of you have you have shows that you like. Mm. But he's just like I'm into tell. I'm just uh, it's like I'm just a TV the real winner guy. today was football, like one of those guys. Yeah, no, maybe that's not a type of guy. I think he's just supposed to be a kind of non-specifically creepy guy. I yeah. think that's what he's supposed to be. Uh, but you do you do see him again actually, not just on the episode on the show. Mm-hmm. Get a repeat visit of the creepy guy from the train. So yeah. she's trying to get away from this creepy guy, and she leaves the TV guide behind, and it has the Costanza's address on it. So he assumes right. that that's where Elaine lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry is trying to ex- is trying to explain to Costanza what what has gone on with Winona. Then he says like, "Aren't we all getting a bit too sensitive?" And Costanza sort of does a bit of a, eh, "I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I, I'm not sure about this one. This ain't it's rather it. an unfortunate. Situation. This is an unfortunate situation. But everything that happens after, like when he starts going about how oh we're a little too sensitive, like that you're supposed to think that it's him being a dick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Kramer then sees the cigar store Indian and likes the look of it. Very Kramer. And Elaine says, yeah, do you want it? And Kramer says, yeah, absolutely. And then really unfortunately, he's driving past in the taxi, Winona and Jerry, and he makes a kind of hand over yeah. the mouth. While, while hanging out of the window, yeah, with, with showing Jerry the thing Indian. and saying, hey, yeah. Jerry, look what I got. And so that's when Winona's really like, ah, no, 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 I can't be doing with this. Uh, I guess it's now something that Jerry hasn't done. It is, but also yeah. like it's it's very unfortunate. But again, yeah. like at this point, you've got to say it's a little bit on Winona because she does agree again to see him again. Yeah, even given this, and Jerry has developed this kind of like phobia about saying anything which could be even loosely applied to Native Americans. So yeah, he's so he won't about say the word reservation. He won't say reservation. He won't say um, that he was going to get a ticket from a scalper. And then he really fucks it by asking her, by uh, calling her an Indian giver. Or he starts to call her an Indian he giver. He doesn't even which, say, he's like, oh, he's like, he's oh, you can't just take something and it. then give it back. What are you, Anne? But then. But but he's about to, he is about to say it. 
Well, but that's the thing where it's kind of if you didn't start saying it, you could literally have been saying. I've I've never heard this expression until no, I've this heard episode. it before, but only only in the context of um, of American. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I assume it was an American it, it, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, It'd be weird. a weird thing to to say here. It would be. Strange. It's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to say in America, but at least it has a kind of obvious racist history. Yeah, it's also it, it's 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 such a funny reading of the history of America to be like, oh, the Native Americans. What happened is right. They gave us all this stuff, and, and then, then they regretted it, and then they wanted it back. Well, that's not fair, is it? Got give something and then ask for it back. Yeah, it's very funny and repugnant. Anyway, that's my understanding it's of American very, it's history. Very appa- it's very appalling. Time to not look into it. Yeah, time to absolutely not think about it at all under any circumstances. Uh, I suppose we should think about it, but maybe not in the context of the hit ninety sitcom Seinfeld. No, it's not really. It's, it's not, not really. really on, the, on it's the topic, not really yeah. the right the right venue. Like, do we want to have a kind of tangent from tangent from the riffs and anecdotes to Talk about the centuries of centuries of genocide. I don't think so. No, no, really. I don't think we should do that. Mm. I feel ill-equipped <laughs> in a number of different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think ill-equipped. it's also one of those topics. That it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a dead end. Really, it sort of leads you into God. Well, that was bad. That was awful, and it remains, yeah. and it continues to be awful. Yeah, it's all awful. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're in Britain. Yeah. We're no great yeah. shapes on the historical front either. No. So. There you go. That's but something in common. Hands across the divide. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what what happens with the... Oh, yeah. The she creep- suggests that he's going to say Indian giver and then he says, I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah. It's but it's because she's given him... She's given him a... Repli- oh, yeah. It's because the creepy guy has shown up at the Costanza's house and has turned the TV guide into a bouquet for Elaine. Mm. Um it turns out that... I mean, it's quite an impressive bouquet. It, it's absolutely it, yeah. mad. Of course, yeah. It turns out that Frank... And Frank is furious it turns out that It turns out that Frank collects them and she and he can't believe that, that Elaine has taken his collectible item and then allowed it to fall into the hands of someone who cut it up and turned it into a bouquet. And then with the replacement, she gets mayonnaise or something from the... Yeah, because she's eating another on sandwich yeah. on the... Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Winona says that she needs it back because I don't know how why Winona has it, but anyway. And then there's no, sorry, sorry. This is what happens when we don't have notes. It's because mm. it's because Milo's ill and he was out late last night. Yeah, performing. doing a live show for my joke Dutch synth pop band. Yeah, while ill. Yeah, that's my life, listener. That's yeah. the kind of thing I get up to. Yeah. As Nate and I were driving there, I was like, "You realise this is our job." <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a good night. I'm sorry. It was, it was sorry good. I missed well. it. Yeah. yeah. But it does mean that uh, you are now sickly and you also didn't have time to make notes. So um, mm. so she doesn't drop... <laughs> I was sickly before. In do, do excuse me, listener. She mm. doesn't drop mayonnaise on the TV guide from Winona. She drops mayonnaise on the TV guide, which she ordered from the TV guide people to replace it with. Right, yes. Uh, and then meanwhile, uh, Costanza has brought the woman from the shop back to the house and has had sex with her. And then his yeah, parents yeah. get back and in find out about bed. it because there's a condom, a condom wrapper. In the, yeah, they, they see, this is inefficient. You've got to, they, if, you're, if you're someone as wily as George Costanza, you've yeah. got to be cleaning up the condom wrappers. Yeah, I think it that's It seems right. like a MacGuffin, the condom wrapper, really. Yeah, although I do like, I do like the bit when she's being like led around the house <sighs> and mm. he's got like baby photos out mm. and... 
he has because yeah, he's trying juice. to pretend that it's his house. Yeah, yeah. he has prune juice, and he's he like, can't, he can't remember the combination to the code on the liquor cabinet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just blown out of my just head. Blown out of my head, and he's listening. He's like listening to this like kind of barbershop quartet music, mm. and instead of being like, "This is weird," like she takes a kind of she takes a kind of oh, this guy's obviously nasty. Like yeah, yeah, he's kind she, of like a sort of nineteen thirties gentleman. Yeah, yeah, and she says, uh, and she says that having the baby pictures is like yeah, it's consistent with the rest of the house, which I think is a mm. good observation anyway she finds mm. out from george's mother who brings the coffee table back in to be refinished right uh, she finds out that oh no she goes to collect the coffee table right yeah um and she finds out from her that george isn't working and lives at home and he's down bad and yeah she, and estelle calls her calls him a bum and then you assume that that's that's it for them which i think is not she, very reasonable no, of her. she's already fucked him at that point and also like he's still living in the neighborhood He's still originally from Manhattan. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's being too fussy. Yeah, does she say that she's not going to see him again? No, but you never see her again, so I assume okay, well, that's the case. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they can see if each any, other for it, a bit longer and then it yeah. fizzles out. We don't if know. If anything, <laughs> I find that it is, um, it, is more, it is more typical of women. Un- unless, unless the sex was terrible, that women are more likely to attempt to continue it, if only to justify to themselves why they did it the first time. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, she's going to have to invent a narrative no, in which sleeping think, with George yeah, Costanza no, wasn't think a bad that, idea. I think that's worryingly perceptive, actually. Because yeah. mm. they're like, well, I can't have just accidentally had sex with a loser. No. There must women, be... if you're listening, the fox has left the bunker. <laughs> he knows, he knows, the fox has left the bunker. <laughs> the information has leaked. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... And then, so what's the kind of the wrap up? Uh, Winona has mm. given Jerry his three shots, has decided that he is an incorrigible racist and ditches him. So presumably ends her friendship with Elaine as well, because we never see her again. Yeah. Or in fact, like I said, any of Elaine's female friends ever again. Oh no, you do see, you do meet one. Poker crew. You do meet one. No, she's not from the poker crew, but you do meet one a little bit later. The poker on. crew was Piers Gaveston's gang. Mm. Piers Gaveston. Well, you know Piers Gaveston, the 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 lover of Edward the Second, who the other the other nobles murdered with a hot poker. Oh yeah, the one who invented uh, antacids. What? Oh, no. Gaviscon, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Piers Gaviscon. <laughs> yeah, a man who never had heartburn. Yeah, because you might imagine that heartburn would be the result of being noddled yeah. with a hot so, poker. Noddled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to say anything too noddled. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything too visceral. Mm. It was quite visceral what they Noddled. did yeah, in the very literal sense. Yeah, so he then invented yeah. a cooling, or his family invented a cooling suspension, mm. an emulsification, if you will, mm. which would soothe heartburn. Poker up the jacksy. needed emulsifying. Yeah. Poker up the jacksy. That sounds like an old Cockney song. You get a poker up, up your jacksy. <laughs> <laughs> if you go down to the square, <laughs> that's right. Just stick Take a poker up your jacksy. Or a taxi <laughs> and I will meet you there. <laughs> that was Vera Lynn, I think, that one. <laughs> so Elaine is yeah. on the. Lonnie Donegan. Elaine is on. <laughs> is on the subway back home and she's reading the TV guide mm. and then she meets Al Roker who's on the cover of the TV guide yeah. 
who is also shows because Jerry doesn't get fails to get on the yeah, thing. He's like, the, looks like your boyfriend left to get on the next yeah. train. She says he's not my boyfriend, and which is what she does with Kramer. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and he says, oh, interesting, because mm. everybody, including Al Roker, wants Elaine. And she, we can't blame them for that. She does take it in stride that she thinks this creepy guy from the train has showed up to where he assumes she lives. She she's very calm about that. Presume this sort of stuff happens yeah. to her all the time. Well, also because it's not her house, so she's like, yeah, like, but throwing him off the scent. But presumably Elaine has no fewer than like 15 stalkers at any one time, I would assume. You would imagine. And uh, yeah, and then, we have a, and then we have a final bit. Yep, um, which is where Jerry's going in on the TV guide. On the TV guide. It's, it's, a throw, it's the most thrown reading item, item, of, item yeah. of reading material, which I think is probably true. Yeah. But then again, you don't really have a TV guide anymore. Which is well, this is what makes the whole thing with Frank so odd because it's like it's it's such a like thing that you just wouldn't be precious about. No, but the whole point is that he collects them because he's mad, right? Yeah, because he has a mad collection. Mm. That's the, supposed to be the point. It's supposed to be an eccentricity, right? Yeah, the TV guide is the ultimate piece of ephemera, really. But what's what's ironic about that is that because you can't get it. All right, it's quite unusual to get a TV guide now. That's just they still have the Radio Times, don't they? Yeah, but if you had like a pristine collection of labelled TV guides from between 1990 and 1995, say, like I bet that would be worth a certain amount. Yeah, I've I've got an itemised list of episodes of The Bill. Yeah, for example. Yeah, casualty. From the point of view of ephemera. Yeah, that's right. I don't know, I kind of feel like... I know exactly what date something. and time every episode of Smack the Pony was on. Yeah, Friday at mm. 9. Friday at 9. I think it was maybe 9.30, because it was a bit racy. Oh. A bit racy for the Even 9 o'clock. Nine, 9 was the start of the watershed, so you've got to just bump it up a little bit. Smack the Pony was really good, I think. Smack the Pony was un- was an underrated we'll be thing. we now because of the EU. Pony's got rights now. <laughs> yeah. I think teaches them a lesson. Never did me any harm. We're out of the EU now, though, so we could... Smack all the ponies we like. That is true. Can't get hold of the ponies, though, because of the supply chain. Yeah. Smack the Pony actually involved them all slapping 250 quid. <laughs> it's a British show. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, a, is a, a pony to 250? I think so, yeah. Because I think then 500 is half a bag, isn't it? And then a bag is 1,000. What's a monkey? I think a monkey is maybe 100. Are you getting all of this information from the Builder episode of Alan Partridge? Because that's what I'm trying to remember. No. Because the Builder explains to him what the difference is. I can't remember that. I'm pretty sure a pony is 250 quid, though, but I'm not. Um... Spend a pony on a horse. But Yeah, but then the thing is that's very very good. Get a poker up your jacksy, spend a pony on a horse. Yeah. There's not a lot of things that rhyme with jacksy, are there? No. Pretty much taxi. taxi. Yeah, I hit on Waxy. taxi. Waxy, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> spend your winnings on a waxy. On a waxy? What's a waxy? <laughs> I don't know, a wax. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow bring it back to the concept of your ass. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Stick a poker up your jacksy. Maxi. Stick a poker up your jacksy and do the Lambeth walk. Yeah. It would probably help you do the Lambeth walk. Can't harm when you're trying no. to do the Lambeth walk. It's a strange. Well, I think Make of the sure Lambeth your skirts are maxi. I always just think of that picture of John Lennon walking weird. Doing the Lambeth Walk? Yeah. He wouldn't be doing the Lambeth Walk. He's from Liverpool. He's not allowed. No, he's, that's appropriation. <laughs> he's banned. Yeah. No Scousers no doing Lambeth the Lambeth appro- Walk. No yeah. Lambeth appropriation in my town. Yeah. And as for people from Southwark, don't even get me started on them. Yeah. Mm. Don't. No. 
It's funny because Lambeth is now so posh. It is, yeah. There's, there's just no rough bits of Lambeth anymore, whereas there are still rough bits of Southwark. Well, but. you can still spot people doing a traditional Lambeth walk on a bank holiday Sunday. <laughs> In their pearly jacket. Yeah. A traditional Lambeth walk. That would be funny if all the yuppies moving in started doing the Lambeth walk like along the river. Well, or whatever, you have yeah. to if you live there. Otherwise, you're just a gentrifier. Yeah. Otherwise, you are simply a gentrifier. I said Shouting that, obscenities I said that across twice, the river at Pimlico. Scoff my words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Mm. Rightly so. You know what they call it? They call it the Pimlico Shuffle. Mm. It's nothing like the Lambeth Walk. No. Very different. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Well, that bombshell. <sighs> that is the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this, it's a free one. <laughs> hey, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. It's $3 a month for two bonus episodes a month. Or for $5 a month, you get uh, the monthly movie corner, the Discord, other bonus content, which Bits we put up, like the Twilight miniseries. We've got another thing in the works. Um, so keep an eye out for that. The yeah. $10 a month tier, you can hear the, the rest of, of you can hear the rest of <laughs> Stick a Poker Up Your Jacksy. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make it into a... <laughs> Phoebe and I developing that into a Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads yeah. song. Yeah. Um, I do like doing fake Cockney songs. Yeah. There is such a, like... Um, I was trying to explain my old man's a dustman to Nate the other day. I'm sure that was... I'm sure that was a valuable use of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had the conversation about pack up your troubles, right? Yes, yes, we have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, if you want to hear that, you'll have to go back and back so and back into an old episode. Whichever episode it was, yeah. All right. Well, All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.